keeps up. Have you been busy then, Nick? Very busy, yes. I looked at my invoicing today and I sold 12 cars in 10 days or something like that. It was crazy. Have you got, have you got any cars left? Yes, I do, because I kept buying throughout. Every time I sell a car, what I do is I sit on the computer, go on BCA Buy Now, and yeah. spend a couple of hours trolling and trolling, and always something always comes up. As long as you are sort of open-minded, and you don't want to buy exactly the same what you've just sold, because a lot of people are very obsessive about being very specific about what they buy. Yeah. And as long as you can move outside of that mold just a little bit, opportunities present themselves. And I always look at... Either I look for listing mistakes, which on buy now, because I know they've got very limited stuff, they make a lot of mistakes now. Yeah. So like cars without history, which is very easy to obtain, or you can see in the picture two keys, but it says one pick one key on the description or yeah. things like this. Unfortunately, though, um, they could have made mistakes on the appraisals. So it's buying blind with an appraisal that you're trusting somebody to appraise a car covered in dust that hasn't been running in three months. You're taking risks, but at, at the same time, there is nothing that can be fixed for a few hundred pounds in my world. So I, yeah. I think it's worth worth the stretch. But rather than paying the current prices, if you start going in the live biddings where the, you've heard all the stories about 2,000 overbook and 3,000 overbook and all that stuff, oh, which so I ridiculous. kind of, I thought was going to happen, but I didn't realize it'll happen so quickly. I thought it'll happen in June or July when everything is over, not just a couple of months after the beginning of the lockdown yeah. while some of the countries officially still in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I went on on Monday and had a look, and it just I was just looking, you know. I was just I'm just going through my phone now, and there was this Audi came up, and uh, it had it had hundred and ten thousand on it. It was a convertible uh, Audi S five Cabriolet three liter TSFI Quattro. Uh, cap clean, 7,400 with 112,000 miles, and it made 9,100. That's not even an extreme example. There are much more extreme you know, examples than this. The so, problem with so, cap with, clean... With, with the fees, though, that's like two grand overbook, isn't it? That's the thing. But you've got to remember, and it's very important that not everyone understands, when you look at cap clean, it basically assumes that the said Audi is completely basic spec and it left the dealership when it was new with zero options. Ah, a car right. like that could right. easily have eight grand of options on it. And yeah. by the time it's a few years old, you still need to pay something towards them. I'm not saying it's worth eight grand more than other similar cars, but yeah. it's certainly worth a grand more if it has that many options on it. Obviously, yeah. in your example, it could have been a base car with no options. I have no idea whatsoever, but it's really... People don't understand this. And on some cars where options are not really available, Japanese cars, for example, they very rarely have um, yeah. options that the user can select other than metallic paint. There is yeah. very few things. Everything else is bolted on the model that you buy. But yeah. with European cars, the sky is the limit, basically. And I routinely sell cars for 10,000 that have six or seven or 8,000 options when they were new. Yeah. And obviously those cars, if you can buy them on the book, great. But if you go into books slightly for them, it's still great because you're getting more car than the other guy that pays cup clean for effectively the basic car that left the factory with zero options. Yeah, yeah. Same and I'm same. saying basic, it could, it could seem like a very high-spec vehicle still. For example, our own car, we've got a C-Class Mercedes. Our car has zero options. It doesn't have any options from the factory, but the model itself, it has everything that we want. Leather, LED lights, yeah. you name it, it has it. Heated seats, 
uh, media navigation system, but that was all standard. It didn't have any options fitted from the factory when it was new. If it had some more options, it would have been worth slightly more, but we weren't bothered about them. But there are people on the market extremely obsessive. Something like a BMW 330 diesel estate, those cars, options affect their value greatly. Automatic gearbox alone is a couple of grand or something like this. So you need to allow a bit more in the bidding. Depends on the car, David, I guess. So you you don't mind going over cap clean then you don't no, well i'm i always buy under book i i'm one of these people that because i've been doing it for so long i i always look at book and i want to go under the book so yeah. for me the greatest satisfaction is to buy under book but to buy a high spec car that should have gone over book which yeah. effectively it it either increases my chance to sell it quicker or yeah. it just increases my margin or a combination of both which is what i like most i yeah. personally don't pay into book simply because I get fixated on getting a bargain, but that's just Eastern European in me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, but I know people that completely don't even look at book prices. They know what they can retail for. Yeah. They, retail, they work retail back from that. And it's an okay strategy, but it also means that they could be buying cars for 11000 that other people in the same marketplace are buying for 7500 for example. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I think about it is if I buy it cheap enough, and if I manage to sell it the normal average going market rate, and I usually do, then I'm making more than other people that pay into book and they sell at the same average yeah. going market rate. Yeah. Because you know that with used cars, we've talked about it before, that it's only worth what somebody's prepared to pay for it. You cannot put an exact value on something used. Yeah, it's, it's difficult the thing to is, do. It's, you can get all them extra options and everything, but if it's in the wrong color as well, that's absolutely. not going to help, is it? For example, I personally love a red leather interior on a BMW, but some people will not touch a car with red leather. They just, to them, it yeah. looks garish. Um, it looks over the top. And if they're too conservative, they don't touch it. Me, I want my cars to be standing out. I yeah. hate to blend in the market. You know, I hate to have one yeah. of a hundred cars. I got, I'll tell you something funny now. I got a very nice part exchange. I thought it was a very nice part exchange. A 2018 Focus a one liter EcoBoost. It's not my favorite engine, but the car is yeah. in warranty for, for another year, so I don't care about reliability. Yeah. And it came at about 9,500. Cap Clean is about 11,000 on this car. Right. And I thought yeah. I've done incredibly well getting yeah. the deal and doing the part exchange and everything else. And I looked today on BCA Buy Now, and when I've looked in the past days, I wasn't looking at focuses because it's not my thing. Today, I did a search for that specific focus, and there is about 20 of them from Black Horse Finance. And they're all very similar to mine in terms of spec and the the registration letter, 18 reg and the mileage. And they're all about one and a half grand underbook, every single one of them. So I was so happy to be able to get it for one and a half grand underbook in the part exchange deal. And I thought at an auction situation, that car will probably go overbook. But of course, there is a bit of an oversupply, so they are underbook. And then I went on AutoTrader for the first time. I hadn't done that even when I was getting the car, because it was so far behind book, I wasn't bothered about allowing it to the customers. I needed my retail deal. Now yeah. I'm looking on the market and there is hundreds of those available, like yeah. hundreds of them for 12,000. And I, it looks like mine, I neither, either have to sit on it for a, for a while, offer it to a customer that is kind of searching for a similar car, somebody on, I've got a list of customers, yeah. so I need to go through the list because it's quite generic and you can place it somewhere surely. Or just wait for that buyer that loves my pictures more than other people's pictures yeah. and come and come and bring me. And, and so, what color um, is it? What color? It's is black. That? It's black. It's very nice. It's, you know, I, I think you'll do all right, Nick. I mean, I, I do really well with focuses. 
even though I've always done well with them. It's just I was surprised with the amount available to buy now on the day. And then when you look on the marketplace, you understand that because there are so many for sale, I guess dealers are reluctant to to buy them off BCA because, again, they will have just one of a hundred. And because it's so new, it's only about two years old, you're effectively competing with supermarkets, you're competing with the supply of nearly new cars. At least we're not competing with brand new right this month, but in a couple of months, we'll be competing with brand new again. So I need to, um, basically, I have a queue of about six cars to prepare. The focus was right at the end of it, but I've got the feeling tomorrow I'll be working on it on it to sort of advertise it as quickly as I can, hoping for a quicker sale before the market restarts properly. Yeah, yeah. And what will you price that at then, Nick? I was, to be honest, I was thinking twelve, which was just a little bit over cup clean. I thought, um, I thought twelve was really strong money for it, really good money, I should say. Now looking at it, I think I'll be happy with eleven, to be honest. Yeah. Which yeah. fifteen hundred gross profit margin on a on a 10,000, effectively 9,500 investment isn't my isn't what I'm normally happy with no, because you never no. know what's going to come up and how much the... It doesn't need a lot of prep, admittedly. It only needed a windscreen replacement, but yeah. the customers that did the part exchange, they'd actually arranged the replacement already. They'd paid the excess, so National Windscreens came to our place and fitted the windscreen after the deal because they struggled to find them one with the heating elements in the glass. Oh, yeah. yeah and it was a one, nightmare yeah. for them sorting out the whole thing. But at least I didn't personally have to deal with it. I just needed to give the driver the keys and he sorted it. It didn't cost me a penny. So um, in that respect. That's great. Because I, I bought a, um, what did I buy today? A, uh, a Ford EcoSport. I saw um, it, a grey metallic. Looks like a lovely car. There's 17 plate or something. It was quite yeah, yeah. plate. I've, I saw it. I saw a post on it. Yeah, EcoSport, Be- that was it. Beautiful. And this is the annoying thing, like, when you, you look up, when I look on BCA, I really struggle to see cars that are like a thousand, thousand pound under book. Every time I'm looking, they all seem to be like cap clean. So this, this EcoSport, I've I done my homework and on... BCA, they're all like 6,500. We buy any car, had offered this lady um, 6,700. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's immaculate. She's just spent 400 pounds on tyres, a service, a new MOT. I knew that I couldn't chip her too much. Uh, I tried to get it for six and a half grand, but I got for six. She, she wanted 6,700. And I thought, you know, it's just a wash and go straight on the pitch. But the thing is, you're still, you're still quits in if you compare it with BCA. That would have been 315 auction fees and God knows how many but, in well, yeah. additional preparation that you wouldn't have known after the fact. Exactly, exactly. But then, you know, you go online and you have a look at other ones that are on the net. And there's quite a few on it, 7,990. And you think, oh, bloody hell. I could have done with that being like eight and a half grand. It's just strange in how some cars, like Focuses, Fords, they all seem to have that like twelve, thirteen hundred pound margin across them. They all seem to be the same sort of margin. But at the same time, they just sell faster. So the way I see it, what they call bread and butter cars, they always carry a smaller margin. But at the same time, I think they've got some of them, not all of them, but they've got lower days in stock because so many people in the marketplace are after them. And basically, you can have a car with, twice the margin but chances are you have it for twice as long so as long as you don't need to do a lot of prep um on the bread and butter stuff yeah it's even with the lower margin that they're sensible they're sensible cars to to sell my only my only issue is as you know because of the way we're set up we work from home 
we've got about 18 parking places to play with. And this always, when I buy, it always plays in the back of my mind that I have money in the bank, but at the same time, I want to have 18 cars to fill in 18 places and to get the maximum from each of these 18 cars because I don't have space for yeah. 50 or 60 or to buy extra 10 cars and sell yes. them for 300 quid each less. I yeah. don't have that. So this yeah. space is kind of playing on my mind. But I've just, very fortunately, we had um, we, we met a lady in our village. Our kids go to school together. And because the kids haven't been seeing each other for a long time, we stopped to chat with them on the village, on the village green. And they have a, a beef farm in Charlefont St. Giles in our village where land is really expensive and there is no, yeah. no space available. They have this huge beef farm. And I asked her, do you have any space for us to put a few cars? And she said, actually, her husband was thinking about it because the farm wasn't doing great in the lockdown and they were looking for ways to generate some extra revenue. So we've just agreed with them to park um, seven cars for oh, about brilliant. 150 quid a month, which, uh, although it's more expensive than, say, what you pay Chris, for example, yeah. it's, still, <laughs> it's still a reasonable, reasonable bargain for me because it's very secure. It's got an electric gate leading up to it. It's all um, nicely pebbled, the space that they've given us. It has electrical supply. And it's infinitely better than the space we've got right now, which you can put eight cars in, but you put them basically two, 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 and two. So you can only, to get the car behind out, you need to get four other, three other cars out the way. Whereas this one, six cars lined up, you sit in it, drive off. That kind of came at the right time for me. So will you look to, you're going to try and fill it up? And yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes, every parking space. So basically from 18 cars, we'll eventually go to about 23, 24. And then oh, I'll probably great. try and have a couple of sort of bread and butter stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we always aim for everyone wants to be specialist. But the truth is that you need a little bit of variety to, yeah, to generate definitely. the maximum from, from any business. Everyone wants to be a post specialist or have a line of Ferraris to sell. But the truth yeah. is, if you were doing that, your business would definitely be slower. You could be making more money per unit, but sometimes... You wouldn't be having anything. So, so with those extra parking places, we'll try and make the most of it now. Uh, and when you sort, because because I'm in the same sort of mindset now, thinking, oh god, I've got to get forty or fifty cars. But it's just buying them. What's really hard, and having a certain amount of money, you, you can't have as big a margins, can you? You've got to. I need more stock, but less less margin. You, so, will you be doing the same sort of thing then, Nick? Where you think, right, I'll. Are you still going to go for them big margins and try and fill I will. I will try and... F- I don't know whether the big margins will be there, David, in a couple of months. I'm still basically picking up the pieces right now, buying cars that have been available to buy for a couple of months at what I will refer to as the old prices. You, everyone keeps saying about the market crashing and grinding to a halt, but I personally think it's not going to happen. But no. also think we'll have more opportunity to buy privately, maybe not in the next couple of months, but in the next year when all these redundancies we keep hearing about start really materializing because yeah. right now they, they're expected, they're projected, they will happen in the future. Whereas in a year's time, if a few hundred thousand people lose their jobs, it'll be a few hundred thousand cars hitting the used car market for those people to either downsize. Yeah. yeah. And if you can do a deal, whether you get the bigger car from that customer, maybe pay off their remaining finance and put them into a small car so they have a car but their monthly payments stop, potentially all book values will be out the window. All the customers would kind of want is for the finance company to be fed and happy and for the monthly payment for them to stop and for them to have a small car to, I'm saying small, what I mean is cheap and all the cheaper car for them to drive around in. So potentially if you are set up to be able to do those kinds of deals, 
And of course, if you have a market for the more expensive cars, then um, yeah. I think there is an opportunity that we haven't had for certainly not in the past 10 years, maybe even longer. That's great. But you um, know, I'm always over optimistic and I always yeah. look on the world with, with pink sunglasses. So yeah. whether that bears any resemblance to the yeah. truth, we'll live and see, we'll find out. Because I, I think with this, this lockdown, I think people have got more money than they've ever had before. You know, they haven't been going a hundred, out. A hundred you know, percent. If you've been furloughed, you, you, you're getting all this money in your bank. The, the, the valet who works for me, he's doing loads of like little side jobs. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's having a great time. You know, but the other thing, like people haven't had to spend money on holidays. All that holiday money, they're going to have that disposable income. So I think just, just from this week, that, that sort of like proved it because every trader that I've spoke to, everyone's like on fire at the moment. But the, the nation, David, Britain, British people, they love to spend. It's like, it's like the national pastime to spend money. <laughs> and you can only spend so much on, basically they can't go out, no pubs, no bars, no restaurants. Yeah, and yeah, people can't, right. they don't do the math. But if they did the math, they will find out that they're spending hundreds of pounds every month some people thousands of pounds every month or on eating and drinking and going out. Now they can't travel abroad. So that's a few more thousand pounds every few months because they go more than once a year, for example. And also because they can't travel abroad, they need to get refunds of all the money that they've paid in advance to travel abroad this year. So yeah. not only they're not spending, but they're getting money refunded to them. They're stuck at home, completely bored. Their income is still coming to the tune of 80% in the case of, furloughed employees, 100% in the case of the ones that aren't redundant. Yeah. And um, to be honest, there is yeah, kind of this excess of money that needs to be placed somewhere. There is only so much you can do in terms of home improvements to your house. But buying a car, it's so simple these days. And with us all keen to deliver and with the online presentation that we offer and videos and pictures and everything, the average price of a car, and I was doing some math earlier, um, we sold 12 cars, average value was about nine and a half thousand. And so these are not simple decisions for people to make. It's not like no. buying it on a whim. But every customer said that they've been looking at the pictures for a long time, for a few days on end. The ones that uh, could see a video have looked at the video. Some actually requested me to send them a WhatsApp, like a walk around little personalized video, which we um, also do every now and then by appointment. So everyone has the time to make the decision and they're kind of bored. And also a lot of dealerships are still closed or still not allowing viewings or still yeah. a bit restrictive in the way that they operate. So I personally think I've made the most I could have made in this window of opportunity um, yeah. other than to work on my Santan. It was either being darker with the skin <laughs> or sell more cars for me. And I've been, yeah. I've been flat out pretty much for the whole month of May. It's been nonstop. The first deal in May came on the 6th of May. Uh, April was, I sold four cars in April, which is nothing to shout home about, but considering it was an official lockdown, I still think I did quite well. Yeah, yeah, it could really have been cool. worse. Yeah, we've done, we done two in May, two in May, and then June, I done, well, 12, but really it was 10, 10. Um, yeah. But I, do you know what? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing everything. But we do all the cars viewing by appointment anyhow, but everyone was a lot more understanding than before lockdown. You know, you get some people ring up and you try and explain it viewing by appointment and like well, why can't I come now but everyone was really understanding and it was a nice it was it was a nice experience dealing with the customers 
during lockdown. Yeah, so we kind of, I've, I felt so much in control. I've always felt yeah, like... Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I felt um, in I'm control. I'm not enough in control. I've, I always felt like the customer is sometimes driving some of our deals. They're saying when, when they want to come. They're saying at what time. When they turn up, they're saying they need an hour and a half to check the car over and they need a 10-mile test drive and all that stuff. And I'm only... Because I'm a people pleaser by nature, it's kind yeah. of good and bad. It's good from the point of customer services, but from my personal point of view, it's just, it's too demanding on me, on my time. And yeah. right now, because of COVID-19, we couldn't do test drives, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. Even the toilet um, was out of bounds. So naturally, the two-hour viewings were out of the picture. I haven't made a single coffee for a customer since I think I made one at the very end of May, and, and that's it, basically. And normally we'd ply them with coffees and drinks and everything else. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm completely Do you know what? My it home. saves so much time not, not doing the coffees, doesn't it? it Definitely, it, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And our setup is quite compact. So my coffee machine is 20 yards from the office. So it's easy enough for me to go. But when it's three people and when they want, two, when they want one coffee, yeah. and then if you ask them, do you want another? And they always want another. That's six coffees to make. That's a few minutes that could have been spent on yeah. doing a complete handover, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well then, then when the June the first kicked in, I don't know about you, but like my phone was going crazy. And um, I'll be honest, I, I, I wasn't used to uh, dealing with the customers because I'd had a yeah. nice chilled out. Absolutely, day, I know. Yeah, I've, I've I, I got stressed pictures, out, yes. mate. <laughs> I did, and I, I lost my temper with one of the customers as well. It was just pecking me head. And I ended up, I, I just, <laughs> I'm quite embarrassed, but I lost my temper with him. I think it just all got on top of me this week. Just the phone got, you know, when you're with customers and your phone's going, and then you, it was just constant. It was absolute constant. So I've had to like recalibrate myself. So what, what do you reckon then for June then? What, what, what do you reckon then for... Uh... To be honest, it already started very strongly. And because I've got so much stuff coming, even if I don't see, even if I don't sell anything else, I would still feel extremely busy because I'll need to run yeah. through the prep and the photography and the images and the videos and everything else. And yeah. all the cars that I've bought, I've bought them absolutely blind. So I'm saying that I've made good purchases, but they're good on paper. Obviously, until they arrive here, I can't tell yeah. you how good they are. Uh, um, but everything that I've bought and has arrived, I'm very pleased with so far. Uh, obviously, uh, that streak isn't going to be endless. But no. <laughs> You can guarantee that. And what was your furthest uh, distance you got a car from? I got a car from Preston, but very, very luckily for me, I actually sold the car to Preston during the lockdown. And the people that bought it, um, he was a retired car dealer. It was a Mercedes SLK, a very nice car. I put it on my Facebook where my kids were cleaning it. A black one, very high spec one, very shiny. I stole it for very little money from BCA in Enfield. I sold it to Preston and they sent the driver to recover it from, to, to deliver it for them. And he came on the train and was going to drive the car back. And he was a company owner for a delivery company. Um, his name's Stan, actually. Very nice guy, super reliable. And they operate transporters. But in the lockdown, they couldn't operate. And Stan was doing it for, I guess he just couldn't sit at home. He just needed something to do. Yeah. And he was doing that guy a favor. So for about 120 quid, he um, came to us and got that Mercedes delivered it to Preston. And he was also going to charge them for the petrol. But the car went out with half a tank and I don't think he needed to put any. So, um, and then I got a car from BCA in Preston purely by coincidence. And I rang him up and I said, do you fancy another trip? But this time you'll drive down and go back on the train. He asked me, what is the car? And 
I guess for him, it's important to drive down in a nice car. Like if he's doing it, yeah. he wants a nice yeah. experience. And I said, it's yeah. a newish Audi A6 with all the trimmings. You're going to love it. Then he turned up one morning at eight o'clock with the car. He'd set off the uh, four o'clock in the morning. I think he said he'd set off. And he said, it was such a nice car, such a nice journey. And I looked at the car. It's been parked at BCA since March. It was so covered in dust. I couldn't even tell whether it was a nice car. But you smell the inside and it smells like a new Audi at five years old. Oh, you brilliant. know that probably the outside would be pretty good as well. And it was. Once we washed it, I was pleased. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know with everyone saying, oh, it's so expensive at the moment, what, what advice would you give to car dealers? Would you say... Because you know, there's that saying, isn't there? Uh, you can't sell empty spaces. Um, it depends, David, on what strategy they are. And everyone that basically every time I've bought a car, I'm sure that somebody next to me was thinking, "Oh, this guy paid too much money." And then I went and made three grand gross profit, for example, which means that it, it, you have to know what the other guy is doing with it, and yeah. you can't always have the full picture. For example, if the other guy has a customer approved on finance with a thousand pounds commission. He doesn't even need to have a margin. He can have a 300 pound margin and he'd still get 1300 for that sale effectively, which is, it's a decent margin depending on the yeah. investment. But yeah. I know that in an auction situation, some people do get carried away. And I was the first on the forum to shout about when they started giving the 50,000 pound bounce back loans to car dealers. I was the first one to say that a lot of that money will go straight back to the economy, reinvested in yeah. basically cars for stock. And when you have 50,000 to spend, suddenly 100 pounds in an auction situation doesn't seem all that critical, does it? You no. just keep your hand in the air and yeah. just look at the auctioneer and he keeps pointing to you, fire yeah. extinguisher behind you, you, the extinguisher, <laughs> yeah. you, and eventually you are the winner because the extinguisher doesn't even have a license. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that, that's what I thought on Monday. I thought, bloody hell, everyone's got their, uh, the, this money burning a hole in the pocket, you know. But then come Friday. I think a lot of those pockets are already empty after yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks of BCA prices that we've seen. A lot yeah. of those pockets are already empty. In fact, I spent a fair chunk of that on stock. But I don't know whether luckily or I don't know, but I sold so much in the last few days that the, the, the account is back full again. So um, I kind of turned it over once. If yeah. I return it to the government tomorrow, I've still made a fair amount of money from it. So yeah. it was the right decision to yeah. use it, even if I have to admit I didn't need it at the time. But I thought that it's just an opportunity that needs to be grabbed because it doesn't come every, well, certainly not every day. I've been doing this so many years. I've never had such easy money thrown at me virtually. Yeah, and that, but, but what I've, well, I've invested it in stock as well. And I've, I've, I've invested it in a, uh, I've got a videographer, stroke photographer. You, you told me that you were looking for someone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I put, I put an advert on, uh, you know, Indeed. Uh, yeah, yeah, employment. yeah, like a recruitment, recruitment website. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's it. I put it on, I think it was about two weeks ago. Put it, let's say the Wednesday night, I put it on. By Thursday, I'd had 50 applicants, 50 Jesus people Christ. apply. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And uh, anyhow, this, this chap, Rang up, well, he actually rang me and he said, look, this, this job is for me. And he, I just got on right well with him on the phone. I said, look, come down, let's have a little chitty chat and whatnot. And anyhow, long story short, he started last week and it's been brilliant. Honestly, it's been really good so far. He's just helped, because he just doesn't take pictures and do videos. He, he's also into like website building and yeah. stuff like that. So he's helped us with our... We've got a, a car buying website. So that's been really good. He set all that up. 
well, well I, I already had it set up, but he's, he's just tweaked it, you know, because yeah. he knows all about SEO and, and I've learned loads of stuff from him in, in, in just a week. And also, is it well, a young, is it a, is he a young chap? He's 20, you know, he's, tw- he's 25, so he's not, he's not too young. You know, he's not like just out. He's well, been, young, enough, young enough, I suppose. What's his, what background does he come from? What has so, he done before? So he, um, he went to uni. I think he'd done something to do with marketing and social media. And then uh, it, he's done loads of uh, freelance work for like, um, oh God, he's done some stuff for McLaren. Um, and his picture, his picture prop portfolio is beautiful. Well, it's as good as yours, Nick. To be fair, well, not as good it, as yours. It, it probably must. It probably must be better because I'm <laughs> picture. My forte is elsewhere. My my pictures are. I guess looking at them, they're a bit amateurish now. But I've got to concentrate on other things. I can't be concentrating on photography yeah. that much yeah. more. There is just other things that are always yeah. more important for us. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds like a brilliant idea, and I'm sure it'll work out great. Especially yeah. if he drives you to Chesterfield every now and then when you need a lift. But, well, that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's it. And we're just going to start focusing more on like a bit of video content and um, for this like carbine website. We're going to do a little video next week and just just try to be a little bit different, you know, to what what other dealers are, are, are doing. Just because you've got to stand Definitely, out, abs- haven't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And you've you kind of you've got a reputation for a local company, a friendly company, and that's a very good in sort of very good inroads for building that trust and for people to want to sell their cars to you as well, not just to buy from you. Obviously, buying from you is always a priority, but people selling you their cars for um, I guess amount of money that they can get from the car buying groups yeah. is already you're winning, aren't you? Because it eliminates. Yeah eliminates yeah. your need to go troll through the auctions never mind collecting cars from dirty yards and paying auction premiums yeah. for cars that could be accurately described or could be misdescribed so yeah i yeah. guess that's a good investment and um i saw also that you're expanding your showroom space from i'm assuming from the tile showroom next to your pitch yes yes so yeah, yeah um basically uh we could have took on the whole lot of the tile showroom and it, it's like three units but with, yeah. with the rates and everything, it was going to work out a fortune. It probably would have cost about 20 grand to knock it all through. But yeah, luckily, yeah, yeah. the unit next to the, the pitch, that's got, it's got sliding doors. So there's no need to put any sliding doors, which the other two needed. Uh, yeah. and it's all been tiled out. So all I need to do really is put a sign on the top. And uh, it, yeah, I can't wait. I can get four cars in there. So anything that's a bit, a bit special, you know, a bit prestige, I'm, I'm going to put inside. And then there's a really nice um, office at the back. So hopefully by the end of next week, we'll, we'll be in there. So, yeah, I'm really excited. So you don't, you don't use the office on the first floor anymore? No, no, I no. Well, you had the one built on the pitch, you didn't need the one um, on the first yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just used the one. But the, the one on the pitch, that converted shipping container, I've, I've put that on yeah. eBay now. That's up for sale. So I quite like that one. It looked so nice at the back of the... Um, I quite like it. It looked quite nice at the back of the pitch. Oh, yeah, maybe just yeah. keep it, but make it a waiting area. Because well, once it's fun, you have more customers and um, I guess just a waiting area for them or yeah. something. Yeah, you, you're right. Don't get me. The only reason I'm thinking of getting rid of it is because of the the council rates. So if, ah, I, okay. get, yeah. if I get rid of that office, 
they've they've put a rateable value of two hundred pound on that that um, office. So if I get rid of it, it's going to save me on the council tax. I understand. So, yeah, absolutely. In yeah. that case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then if I get five grand for that, it's another it's another car, isn't it? So another thing absolutely, is to, yes, to get absolutely. rid of it, it's another two spaces as well on the pitch. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So do, do you think you'd ever like to get your own pitch or anything? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I've thought about it to be honest. But now, if we have that many spaces on that farm, for, I'm thinking of focusing more on the online. To be honest, maybe more yeah. on pictures, more on videos, and because majority of my, I'm noticing that the more expensive the cars, the easier they are to sell remotely. The people that buy them, it's not their first car for them. It's not a major decision. They've been serial buyers they've bought and bought and bought and they're reading reviews and they're around with a lot of information so i'm thinking of focusing more on the online so what i really need is um my fast computer my comfortable office and i yeah. need space outside of the office to work on one car just to get it shiny and gleaming for every viewing because by the time the people arrive to view they've already seen it they've looked the video they've read the description and they've been doing it People are saying up to three weeks they're browsing my pictures before they pick up the phone and call. Yeah. And I often ask them, why don't you call the first day? And, and they say something like, we weren't even looking to buy a car like that on the first day. We didn't. Yeah. It, it seems that they need time to arrive to the buying decision, but they arrive at home to that decision. So all I really need is a space for one car to be able to send it away from here. And yeah. if we start in, starting delivering more, I wouldn't even just, I'll just need the space to get the car yeah. prepared basically nice and yeah. shiny and i've got a whole wall of various different polishes and i use them on various paints yeah and i probably know a little bit too much about detailing compared to other people but i, I don't use all that knowledge because i physically haven't got the time yeah but when yeah. i have the time and when i want to i can i can produce a pretty good result for yeah an old dealer yeah. like me yeah yeah definitely and exactly the same with me like we've taken on this next door with the opportunity taking on all three units it's just space at the end of the day isn't it like absolutely yeah and you've got space on you've got storage land for your excess stock you've yeah. got the pitch it depends on how many cars do you want and sometimes uh, you know if you have an ambition to have a car supermarket space is never it'll never be enough space you'd always want more room and more and more and more yeah. whereas with us it's slightly different i don't have an ambition to own a huge huge business i like a smaller business with a yeah. nicer cars and a bit of time on my hands if i can i don't want yeah. to run around like crazy all the time and the more you expand i know that one day i may regret it when i look back and i know i could have built a bigger business because i certainly i've got the passion for cars and by now yeah. i've got a lot of experience i i almost feel like i'm wasting some of it by operating a smaller business but there are other things in life as well and um, to me my i don't have spare time anyway so my time yeah. is full with what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. But you, you found your niche, haven't you? That's, that's, that's the thing. I hope so. I'd hate for a few years to pass and I'll turn back in to find out that I was in the wrong niche. I remember when I um, kind of moved away from bread and butter, I was selling a lot of Vauxhall Astras for about three and a half grand. I went into slightly cheaper, cheap flush, I call them. So basically yeah. German cars, um, slightly older, slightly higher miles but same sort of money. So instead of a 2008 Astra in 2011, I would be selling a 2004 Mercedes, for example. Yeah. But they were selling so much quicker with so much higher margin to so much happier customers yeah. that I had the feeling that the Astra thing 
that I was doing for maybe two years, I was buying that stock. Yeah. I, I thought that was a mistake personally. But at yeah. the time, it was after the crunch in 2008, stock was hard to come by. Yeah. So I was glad to have that steady supply of ex-Ministry of Defense basic economical voxel astras. Right now, I wouldn't want to touch a car like this no. just because they don't excite me anymore. There just no. isn't in it. No. Nothing makes my heart beat it, enough. It, I think. It, 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 it's habit as well, isn't it? It's like you get in a habit of buying stuff. And even if it hasn't got a good margin in it, you still buy it because you're in the habit. Yeah, because you've, of absolutely. Buying. And if you know a car well enough, you know it'll sell eventually. And you are compromising effectively. You are yeah. saying to yourself, I'll buy something, I'll sell it with a lower margin. But I'll give you an example. I just bought a BMW X1 from BCA Leeds. Um, buy it now. £8,000, cap clean about eight and a half, no service history. Le Mans Blue Metallic is my favorite color for BMW yeah. of any Beautiful. age. Beautiful color. Black leather, automatic gearbox, 40,000 miles, 2013 car. And I sold one about two months ago. So I actually have the pictures in my computer. So I pressed the buy it now. And in about maybe 15 minutes, my advert is live on the arbitrator for the car that I've just bought from Leeds. And I haven't even yeah. seen it live yet. Yeah. So the advert is going. I probably yeah. won't be able to sell the car with the same pictures because when it arrives, chances are that some piece of trim will be a different color. Or yeah. I'll re-photograph it anyway. I'll do a video and I'll, um, yeah. I'll probably adjust the price down slightly because I deliberately yeah. put a high price. But the only reason I bought the car, well, two reasons. First was because it didn't have history. It was a bargain. But as you know, I can find the history in minutes from here. So I found it all complete. It's just BCA don't bother for whatever reason to do what I did. It, it takes two minutes online. And also um, because I knew that I just sold the car like this, I had the pictures and it would have been minimal extra work if the car doesn't need any mechanical, yeah. which yeah. is the big unknown here, but it's a risk that we all take. And yeah. that's my only reason for buying it. I wasn't looking for an X1 specifically just before the summer, but I quite like them. I've sold many of them in the last year. Yeah. If this one goes quickly, it'll prove me right. Yeah. And you've, you've got to sell what you, you know, you've got to sell what excites you as well, haven't you? You've got to like, You've got to take a risk as well, like because, as well, if if everything you were selling, you made, for like it's like that said uh, Warren Buffett said it. If you hit a hole in one every time, it'd be boring, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yes. You you need to stumble upon something every now and then. Definitely, I I like kind of like the risk element of it all and the unpredictability. What 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 um what? How long would you say it took you, Nick, before you thought? Do you know what? And I know what I'm doing now in this business. How long would you say it took I you think to... that moment arrived somewhere in 2011. And I remember one month on my own, I sold about 15 cars and they were 15 nice cars, you know, no part exchanges yeah. to clear. Every car was yeah. bought from an auction, prepared, full normal, normal level of prep. I sold and I remember, because um, I've never, up to that point, I'd never sold 15 cars. And even since then, I don't think we've sold 15 in a single month. I'm trying to, I need to go back in the figures. But when that happened in 2011, I thought this was it. And I think yeah. the reason it didn't come sooner for me was when the, the crisis hit in 2008, 2009, it was just really difficult for any normality on the market. And people, they had no consumer confidence whatsoever. Yeah. And when you operate in that market, I mean, at the time, they had a lot of consumer confidence, but they would have had it on the more expensive cars that I wouldn't touch. I know that a lot of people then would be taking the money out of the banks and buying super Porsches, Ferraris, the sort of cars that are almost an investment or the sort of cars yeah. that you yeah. know that your money is not going to evaporate in. And in those years, 
I was trying to shift those three and a half, four thousand pounds diesel Vauxhall Astras. And those were nice cars, two years old cars for the money. But um, I remember it was, it, it still felt difficult. I remember yeah. the stucky GR valves in the broken manual gearboxes yeah. on the 1.3 CDTI. And I remember everything seemed like a drama. I remember that I was never happy. I, I always knew I could do better, but I didn't know what, what I was doing wrong. And yeah. I think the answer was that for my London market at the time where we were inside of West London, we just needed to stick to cheap flash to Mercedes, Audi, BMW, VW. That's what we yeah. should have been sticking to. Even cheaper cars, even higher mileage cars, even in worse condition, the market would have bought them. Yeah. Instead, we had the three-year-old Vauxhall Astras in very nice condition. But do you know what? Just the London people didn't want them. And the people that want them, they weren't anywhere near London at that time. Yeah. Yeah, and would they so stick? Would they stick a little bit? Would you have to reduce them, or it 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 wasn't so much that, but the customers they were always harder, yeah. and every deal yeah. seemed a struggle. You know, every punter seemed unconvinced, not decided. Every punter had a list of other cars yeah. to look at. It was just a budget car, you know, budget yeah. car with basic spec, bought by a certain type of individual. Yeah. It always likes cheap things, and it's something that. Uh, doesn't doesn't sit yeah. doesn't sit right with me. You know they they wouldn't appreciate a clean car. They wouldn't appreciate a car that was properly validated. The car yeah. that had dead repairs done to it. They just to them that wasn't important. The only thing yeah. important was the headline price figure. And I'm yeah. glad that I moved away on time. Um, yeah. You, you know because the, the, the begin this week, I think every customer I had was like a Vauxhall Astra customer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really does demoralise you, doesn't it? it, it Absolutely, it, yeah. it, it, It's like, in my head, I was thinking, I'm going to have to get a salesman. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get a videographer, get a salesman, do this, do that. Listen, I mean, but, you've got the valeter, you've got the videographer, yeah. you only need one salesman slash driver slash customer services director, and you kind of, I think you can t- take a more strategic role, sort of just overseeing all this from the distance of Ibiza or somewhere like this. Yeah. Maybe go back to the <laughs> yeah. develop your DJ career even further and just let the car business run itself in a way. I felt but, like doing that this week. Honestly, I was like, yeah, I was ready to pack it in. But that's that that's life, isn't it? You've got to. So, but anyhow, Nick, it's been great talking to you. Thank um, you so much again. Pleasure yeah. talking to you again. But uh, yeah, thank you for that, Nick. Brilliant again. It was only meant to be 10, 15 minutes. It went on for an hour again. You have have joy trying to edit it down to a reasonable length again.